Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today for Milwaukee's philanthropic community, where we give nonprofit organizations an opportunity to share what they do and how they make a difference in our community with the intention of informing, inspiring, and impacting our listening audience to the point where they'll want to make a difference themselves in some way. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Relations at Ellenbecker Investment Group. We are well into our fifth year of doing this outreach show, and we've interviewed over 400 different nonprofits on a whole host of different topics. We like to bring awareness to organizations and topics that people may not know much about or perhaps have no knowledge of. I learn so much every time I do a show on, on so many different things. Today we're going to talk about a particular topic of which I am a part and the struggles that they face. Now, even though I am a part of this group, this fellowship, this wonderful blessed clan or tribe, I don't have firsthand knowledge or experience of some of the challenges that they face. The tribe of which I am a part and who I'm referring to is mothers, mamas. I was really intrigued when this nonprofit came to my attention because I was interested in learning how they serve mothers who struggle with some very tough challenges. The topic of discussion is something I know nothing about. I've never experienced it or know of anyone who has. But the value in bringing awareness to this topic is that even if I meet someone who's going through this or someone who needs information, well, then I have it, right? I'll be prepared to share it. So if you find that there's a topic of conversation on a particular show that you know nothing about, before you change the channel, think about how the knowledge you will gain can be shared with others. It may even be something that could change their life for the better, and you would have been a part of that. So how cool is that? So keep your mind open to gaining information, wisdom, knowledge that can be shared, even if it's a topic that might be a bit challenging to listen to or one that initially may not be of any interest. Knowledge is power, as they say. Use it wisely. So let's get down to it, um, sharing some stats about our topic of conversation today. Pregnancy and the postnatal period can be challenging times for a mother's mental health. In fact, one out of five women will struggle with mental health symptoms during the perinatal period, yet 75% of them will not receive treatment. My first guest today is Sarah Bloomquist, co-founder and executive director of Moms Mental Health Initiative, MMHI, which is a nonprofit dedicated to helping moms navigate perinatal mood and anxiety disorders by sharing information, connecting them to resources, and providing peer-driven support. Welcome to the show today, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. So you're not only the executive director, but the co-founder of MMHI. So tell us how and why did you decide to start a nonprofit to help moms? We decided to start this nonprofit, my co-founder and I, because personally we experienced a condition known as a perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. Um, I experienced postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety uh, with both my children. My co-founder experienced postpartum anxiety. And we both felt we uh, needed to do more to help moms who are experiencing these things have access to the right help. It was very difficult for us to get the right help and when I mean right help, I mean finding providers who actually understood these conditions, mm -hmm. who knew how to treat them, who had the compassion to treat them, 
and also understood the urgency of getting uh, seen. Um, and then we started learning about how so many other women were going through the same struggles and challenges we went through, and we just knew more needed to be done on this level. Well, let's let's take a deeper dive into that. So you help moms navigate perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. So what is the perinatal period, and what are the mood and anxiety disorders that moms can experience at sure. this time? So the perinatal period is really the time before you have your baby and then roughly 12 months after you have your baby. So those nine months or so of being pregnant and then that postpartum period up to about 12 months. Um, and these conditions are really um, familiar terms in the world of mental health, but they're specific to that perinatal period. So most people have heard of postpartum depression. And when they hear that term, they have a lot of different ideas and images that come to their minds, but they don't realize that there's a lot of different types of conditions that fall under this umbrella of anxiety and mood disorders. Um, and they might not have postpartum depression. They might have experienced postpartum anxiety. So we like to educate uh, the community and um, even providers on understanding uh, what these conditions are. And we can have um, pre or postpartum depression, anxiety, um, obsessive compulsive disorder in the perinatal period. We also have seen a lot of post-traumatic stress disorder. Sometimes that stems from a past trauma or oftentimes from trauma during labor and delivery, um, substance use disorder, and then often rare uh, postpartum psychosis. Mm, wow. Well, is there evidence-based treatment then for these conditions? Absolutely. Um, we know that therapy, medication, um, self-care, and peer support are all uh, treatment options that have proven effectiveness. There's a lot of data and support and research uh, backing therapy and medication. Um, and we really, um, when we work with a mom, we encourage them to utilize uh, treatments that are backed by evidence because um, these are um, vulnerable people and being pregnant is a vulnerable time. And we want to make sure that those who um, are working with them have access to the right care and the right information. Yeah. And, and moms are caring for their mm -hmm. baby. So, I mean, they want to be in tip-top right. shape mentally and physically. So... Yeah, we're looking at a dyad here. We're not just caring for the mom. We're caring for the baby um, and the rest of her family, even in the postpartum period, because they're a unit. Yeah, for sure. So let's say I'm a mom who reaches out to you. How will Mom's Mental Health Initiative help me? Well, we would first let you know that we are very glad you reached out um, and that with the right help, you will feel better. And we would want to know a little bit more about your support system. Uh, just so we can figure out the best way to help you navigate your next steps. So often we um, will refer um, or make a recommendation for a therapist or a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a primary doctor um, that we've vetted and we've screened and we trust that they understand the treatment process. Um, and then we also offer peer support options. And that might include our Circle of Hope, which is an online peer support group. Um, and also there's different types of uh, in-person groups that are popping up here and there. There's also a lot of online peer support groups. We want it to be perinatal specific. 
okay. as well. Okay. So what would you say then makes your team different than going directly to the doctor or directly to a therapist? We, we get it. We've been there. And we always recommend and point them towards treatment. So we're not there instead of treatment. We're there to help them learn uh, what the treatment options are, but also just to know they're not alone. Mm -hmm. um, and we see them and we hear them and we want to make sure that they don't fall through the cracks and we will do everything we can to walk alongside them to make sure that they're getting the best care, getting effective treatment and actually being attended to. Absolutely. Well, I think it's important to mention that we all can have a part in supporting pregnant and postpartum moms dealing with mental health concerns. Uh, we're actually going to take a quick commercial break, but when we return, Sarah is going to share with us how we can all take part in making a difference. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Sarah Bloomquist, co-founder and executive director of Moms Mental Health Initiative. So I mentioned in the opening that I personally have not experienced postpartum issues, or at least I didn't think I did. <laughs> so many people, including me, might be surprised to hear how common these conditions are and also how dangerous they can be. So Sarah, can you share some background on that? Absolutely. Um I think a lot of times when someone learns more about these conditions, they start to think, huh, did I have some signs of that when I became a mom? <laughs> um, and maybe or maybe not. You know, there is um, the baby blues, which is often talked about. It's not the same as postpartum depression, but um, postpartum depression and related conditions, we're seeing it uh, happening to about one in five women. If you um, are struggling, if you're in lower socioeconomic level, um, or if you're a woman of color, that rate is higher. Um, black women and women of color are even at greater risk for these conditions, um, almost two to three times more likely, and uh, two to three times more likely to um, die from a pregnancy-related condition which can be mental health related. And in oh, Wisconsin, okay. the majority are often mental health related. We're looking at suicide and overdose. So um, it is the leading complication of childbirth and it is the number one cause of pregnancy related um, deaths amongst postpartum women. So they are emergencies, these are crises. Doesn't mean that everyone is that severe where mm -hmm. this is a spectrum. Right. And so, you know, you, you you might hear it and think, oh, I'm not like that, but you might be struggling. And if it's affecting your functioning or your ability to even enjoy what you're as a being a new mom, right. um, then that's pause for concern and something you should talk to your provider about. Yeah. You know, I think back, um, I have three children and I Obviously, the more children you have, it becomes progressively uh, uh, more of a challenge, especially if they're close in age. But I would imagine um, there are a number of women out there that, that might think that I'm just tired. You know, the sleep deprivation is so much a part of it. And 
to just know that that there's a place to call to just talk with someone and say, is what I'm experiencing just being tired or does it go beyond that? Imagine you, right. you talk with a number of women about that. And exhaustion and sleep deprivation definitely contributes to these conditions. Um, and we really want moms and families to understand that your sleep is crucial and is important. Uh, but when your functioning is being affected or um, you're not able to sleep when at those times when you're supposed to sleep, um, maybe you are feeling like, I made a mistake. Maybe I shouldn't have had this child. Um, or you can't stop crying. Um, or you think, is it this hard for everyone? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I remember when I went through it the first time, I'm like, why would anyone do this again? <laughs> like it was so awful for my me um, when it came to my experience because I was in such a deep depression and dealing with so much anxiety. So um, yeah, I think it's important that we talk about the, how motherhood is is exhausting and is a lot, and we don't do enough to support that time in general. And then when you add these conditions on top of that. <laughs> then um, you're really, really um, in a place that you shouldn't have to be and you deserve to feel better. Right. And I think the first step, like in anything, right, is is being aware and actually taking that step to reach out. It's not taboo. There's nothing wrong with you. You just need to know that this for some women is something that they go through and that there are people out there that can that can help. Looking through your social media messages and website, we see messages of hope like you're not alone and you'll feel better. How do you know what to say to a mom that's going through this particular challenge? I think it's important to let them know that this is common. It's not normal, but it's common. And with the right help, they will feel better. I think they need to know that they're they're not alone. We had one mom um, tell us um, that she just never could imagine the isolation and the despair and the worthlessness that she felt. Um, you know, and we were able to connect her to treatment and other moms. And and she said, it, they just helped me realize that my baby would not be better off without me. So I think it's helpful for a mom to know that this is temporary. With the right help, they can feel better. And um, know that they didn't make the wrong decision in having a child. Yeah. I know when my first was born, I was part of an organization called MOPS, Mothers of Preschoolers. And that was such a great fellowship of moms that you have some time together where you can share your challenges and just knowing, like you said, you're not alone, that I'm not strange. This is not just happening to me. And then you get some time alone, maybe you go to lunch, you establish great friendships. I don't know that that's still available out there. I think it's called something else now. But just knowing that there are support groups, really. I mean, they may not call it that, but if you're with uh, uh, women that are going through the same thing, you can share your challenges and I'm sure build each other up. How can we know for sure if, if a mom in our lives is struggling? Well... I think you just need to ask. I don't think you can give anyone postpartum depression by asking if they have it. And I I don't mean to joke, and I'm not trying to joke, but I think a lot of us, including myself, are afraid to bring it up because mm -hmm. we don't want to plant the idea. Um, but I think, you know, just asking and then 
being a little bit, you know, using some self-disclosure. For example, for myself, you know, I've been there, I've experienced it. It is really hard. I think it's um, important to ask a mom how she's feeling and when, um, and, and let them know that they aren't alone. And sometimes it means you sharing a little bit of your journey with them or saying, you know, I knew somebody who went through this and, and this is what it was like. I know for me, um, my doctor recommended I go to the crisis center at the hospital. And I knew that was okay because someone from my church brought over a meal and told me that her neighbor went to the crisis center for postpartum depression at six months. And for that, um, for her to tell me that, that just gave me that permission, like, okay, I can do this too. Right, right. Yeah. And that you're not alone. Like you said, you keep saying that, but that's so important to have a mom not feel isolated and to know that, you know, I'm not the only one going through this. Well, it's really important to know that because the nature of the disease lies to you Mm. and it makes you feel alone. And it also um, takes away hope, the ability to have hope and the ability to have joy. So you're not only, you know, fighting against a disease, you're fighting against a disease that is working so hard to keep you from hoping. Yeah, and and again, I just think it's so important to be around other moms because unless you are a mom, you really can't empathize. You really have no um, no experience to draw from, right? I mean, I often tell my kids that you won't know what it's like being a mom until you are one yourself, right? So knowing that there are there are other women that potentially are going through the same thing and can and walk alongside you and help you in your um, through your journey is great. So whether you're an employer, a friend, a family member, how would you say any of us, because we have said that any of us can, um, how would you say that we can support a mom going through one of these conditions? I think you need to be willing to give her the time and space to do what she needs to do to get better. We're not going to put limits on someone on, on how they need to get better or when they need to be better by. I think we need compassion in helping these moms empower themselves to know what they need to to um, get back to who they are and who they want to be and the mom they want to be, and 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 listening without judgment, mm-hmm. without comparison, just listening and saying I hear you, and then at the same time telling them you are a good mom. Just remember, you are a good mom. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so, so important because we're our own worst critics, right? I remember going through a situation where we were traveling up north. We were going to go camping, and my kids just had an all-out just fight in the back, and I just turned around and let loose, you know, raised my voice myself. And uh, they all just looked at me blank face, like, wow, mom, you know. But later I went to my quiet time, and I was like, oh, my gosh, Lord, forgive me for this. You know, I'm, you know, I'm such a terrible mom. And I felt this overwhelming warmth and feeling that, you know what, it's it's okay. You know, this is not the worst thing. Other women go through this, and your kids are going to forgive you. You know, there's a lot at stake, but there's so much that moms go through. Again, physically, mentally, all those things. So if someone, it's an important mission. I definitely uh, uh, say that for sure. If someone wants to support this mission and give back to you in some way, how can they do that? Or what's the best way for them to do that? 
Well, we are always looking for survivor stories, stories of women who are, you could even be in your struggle, but, you know, sharing what you've been through so that you can be a beacon of hope to somebody else. Uh, we, of course, always welcome donations. We are a grassroots nonprofit, um, so we rely heavily on the goodness of others. And, um, you know, we're also looking for board members who would like to be part of this and have this type of uh, passion for perinatal mental health. Um, and we also have our summer uh, friends and family picnic coming out, and we would love volunteers for that. So you can just reach out to us at info at mmhimke.org. It's on our website as well. And we'd be happy to talk with you on what you think might be a good fit for you. Awesome. Thank you. Well, thank you, Sarah Bloomquist, co-founder and executive director of Moms Mental Health Initiative. Thanks for sharing your story, your passion, your mission, and your purpose. Thanks. Thank you. Moms Mental Health Initiative shares the mom's perspective and supports the moms. So who's supporting those who are caring for the moms? Stick around and we'll learn more about that in our next segment. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Relations. In our first segment, we learned about an organization, MMHI, that supports the moms. So what about the doctors? They support the moms, right? My next guest is Dr. Christina Wickman, Professor of Psychiatry, Obstetrics, and Gynecology, and Director of Women's Mental Health at the Medical College of Wisconsin, and also DO and Medical Director of the Periscope Project. <laughs> welcome to the show today, Dr. Wickman. Thank you so much for having me, Joe. You're welcome. The Periscope Project was created to fill the critical gap between statewide depression screening initiatives and a lack of perinatal psychiatric treatment services in Wisconsin. They help providers effectively diagnose and manage the mental health concerns of their perinatal patients by offering real-time provider-to-provider teleconsultation, education materials, and mental health resource information. So, Dr. Christina Wickman, you have quite the resume. Um, tell us what the Periscope Project Medical Director does exactly. So I've been the medical director of the Periscope Project since its inception back in 2017. Um, primarily what I do is provide all of the clinical oversight for this program. Um, so I am one of the main psychiatrists that answers our telephone line, but I also provide all of the clinical services or direction for the clinical services um, for this program. So making certain that the other psychiatrists that answer this phone line um, are up to date on evidence-based treatments for perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. Um, if you were to go on our website, we have a, a lot of educational materials for healthcare providers, ensuring that those are up to date, um, as well as a quarterly webinar series. Um, so one of our um, main missions is education for providers. And so I, I am entrusted with ensuring all of those educational materials are up to date and evidence-based. Okay, well, what sparked the idea? for the Periscope Project? So in 2015, I was working on a project with uh, home visitors. And home visitors were tasked with doing depression screening for new moms. 
And it's one thing to hand a new mom a, a depression screening tool, and it's another to know what to do with it if it screens positive. And so during with that project, um, what we were learning from the home visitors is that they felt comfortable in screening um, and, and even knowing when to do some referral uh, for back to the primary doctors or the OBGYNs. But what we learned is that the OBGYNs or the primary doctors then didn't know what to do with these women. Mm. And so at that point with that feedback and some focus groups from that project, we recognized that we had this, this gap. Um, so um, it wasn't enough just to have women uh, return back to their OBGYNs or primary care physicians. Um, and so we needed to be able to support them in somehow. So we started looking um, at other um, initiatives across the country, and we did find a similar program out of Massachusetts and took some of the pr um, principles of the Massachusetts program um, and adapted it for the state of Wisconsin. And, and that's how the Periscope Project was born. Hmm. Well, you talk about this gap between the screening and the treatment for pregnant and postpartum women experiencing mood and anxiety disorders, like postpartum depression and anxiety. What is that gap? So the gap is exactly that. So while there are screening tools and national guidelines um, that ask us to screen all pregnant and postpartum patients at least once during that perinatal period, the difficulty becomes when that screening tool is positive. What do we do then? And so what we were finding is that so many um, clinics or healthcare providers simply weren't screening because they didn't know what to do when a screen was positive. Mm. They didn't have the education um, or knowledge or a referral system to be able to support those women when they were struggling or when they identified that they were struggling. And so what the Periscope Project does is provides real-time support to any healthcare provider or healthcare professional who is helping to manage a pregnant or postpartum woman struggling with a mood or anxiety disorder. They can pick up the phone, call our 1-800 number, and be connected with a subspecialty psychiatrist within 30 minutes to really help talk them through how to diagnose, um, how to... Um, uh, manage and, and to provide some treatment options for, for that patient. Mm. Recognizing, primarily because we have a huge mental health shortage within our state and, uh, and really the entire country. And so it's not enough just to put in a referral because if you put in a referral for a psychiatrist for a woman who's struggling, that referral time may be two months. If we're lucky, it may be six months. And at that point, it's it's simply too late. Um, so oftentimes, we're encouraging providers to utilize the Periscope Project as a bridge to treatment for, uh, uh, for that referral. So we're not telling them not to refer um, and to get um, mental health care. Um, but we're utilizing that as a bridge to get care started and get treatment started. Yeah. Well, as I said before, knowledge is power. I think it's so important to, um, for the, again, women to reach out. But if they test positive in this screening, knowing that there's something that's done with that information, it's one thing to go out and get tested and say, okay, I tested positive, now what? You know, and, and the fact that there's an organization out there that takes you through that next step is great. Tell us about your partnership with Moms Mental Health Initiative. So we've been partners with MMHI really since our inception. Um, and 
Uh, as Sarah had mentioned earlier, there are several different evidence-based treatments. And so medication and therapy are one, but just as importantly, our self-care and peer support and having that, that fellowship as you spoke about earlier. And so um, providing information about our local peer support through MMHI is something um, that we are able to provide to the providers who use our service and encourage them to give that information to their patients. Okay. Well, so walk us through the process. What happens when a provider calls the Periscope Project? So if a provider calls the Periscope Project, they will be immediately connected with our triage coordinator. Our triage coordinator is going to get um, get some basic information about the provider who is calling, as well as the reason for their call. For example, we'll use a, an OBGYN who is seeing a patient who's six weeks postpartum and struggling um, with some depression. Maybe she took that depression screen and it was positive and they're not sure about what to do next for next steps. The triage coordinator will push out a page to the covering psychiatrist, and within 30 minutes, that provider will have a phone call back from a, a subspecialty perinatal psychiatrist, such as myself. Typically, it's about six minutes on average, but we'd guarantee within 30, kind of like dominoes back in the day. <laughs> so um, we'll call back. We'll get some information from the provider. It's much like uh, if if we were walking down the hallway of the hospital or the clinic and a doc grabbed me and said, hey, Wickman, I just want to run this patient by you. So it's, um, it's a, we term it a curbside consult. And so the care of the patient stays within the provider who is calling us. And I can provide some general recommendations, guidelines, and, and evidence-based um, up-to-date information about what may be appropriate next steps based on a patient like like who they are calling about. Okay, and then the the uh, uh, you walk through the whole process with them, Absolutely. which I think is important. You don't just yeah. start and then pass them off to somebody else, and then somebody else and somebody else. You have a caseworker or whatever the correct term would be that is working with them throughout the whole process. Ab no, and actually, no, the, the, pro the provider who is calling is the one who's going to stay with that patient. And so rather than us taking over, so we, we as at the Periscope Project don't take over the management or care of that patient, um, that patient remains in the care of the provider who called, which for a lot of patients, that feels much more comfortable than having a referral to a therapist or psychiatrist. They've been with their OBGYN. They trust that person. And they obviously trusted them enough to disclose what they were, what is happening currently, and they don't want to necessarily always be referred to another person. Sure. And so we empower uh, the providers and give them the education that they need in order to treat their patients directly. Right. And so someone is walking through them Absolutely. through the whole process, Correct. which is nice. They're not going to be, yeah, Correct. kind of lost in the system, if you Correct. will. Someone is working walking alongside yep. them throughout the whole process. Um, most of us usually assume our doctors are experts, right? But it sounds like that's not always the case for providers working with women in this stage of life. Do you think, Dr. Wickman, that there's something missing in medical education or is a consultation system like the Periscope Project enough to fill the gap? There's absolutely a lot missing when it comes to perinatal mood and anxiety disorder uh, education. Unfortunately, if you look at psychiatry education, um, there aren't any requirements 
for psychiatry residents and psychiatry physicians to learn about perinatal mental health uh, disorders. The same is true for our obstetrical colleagues. There actually aren't any specific guidelines that um, our OBGYN should be taught about these conditions, despite the fact that they're the number one complication of pregnancy and the postpartum period. And so there, there is an education gap in our training, um, which is why programs like the Periscope Project can be so important with helping to educate and fill that gap. Mm, again, education and knowledge, Absolutely. so, so important. Ultimately, the Periscope Project helps doctors help moms, and there are far-reaching benefits of their work. We're going to learn more about that after our commercial break, so stay tuned. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Relations, and I'm talking in our last segment today with Dr. Christina Wickman, DO and Medical Director of the Periscope Project among other things, right? <laughs> among, among a number of other things. The Periscope Project speaks directly with doctors and medical providers, but ultimately the work is intended to help the moms. So why does having the proper psychiatric care matter? Much like Sarah had talked about earlier, uh, there unfortunately is not a lot known about these conditions for a lot of healthcare providers. It's just not an area where there's a lot of education. And so it really is key to have a healthcare team who is knowledgeable about the nuances of perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. It wasn't terribly long ago that when a, a patient was diagnosed with depression or anxiety, um, or a psychotic disorder, she was immediately taken off all of her medications for the health of the baby, or she was told she couldn't breastfeed um, and take these medications. And that's simply not true. Um, we've had a significant increase in research and evidence over the last 10 to 20 years, which shows that we can safely treat women with these conditions with medications um, during pregnancy as well as in the postpartum period. And so making certain that we have mental health providers that are knowledgeable and, and keeping up with the ever-changing evidence um, is, is incredibly important. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of opinions out there, and you might say misconceptions or stigmas about psych psychiatric care. How do those show up in your work, and how do you dispel them? I think I alluded to a few of those just with my last comment, um, and, and I think those are the the most difficult ones that that I manage um, given. Uh, my work in medication management, um, that women um, or their doctors feel that they can't be taking medications during pregnancy and that the health of the baby comes first and that always has to be paramount. Um, and my viewpoint on that is that the health of the mom actually has to come first because if mom's not healthy, baby's not healthy. Right. And right. so, and that includes mental health. And so maybe medications aren't always needed and maybe therapy and peer support and self-care, all of those can be um, just as beneficial, if not more so, but we need to have an open conversation about addressing mental health symptoms um, and, and really uh, having having a conversation about mental health as much as is important as their physical health throughout a woman's pregnancy and postpartum period. So, 
if a mom runs into a doctor who seems that they might not have all the information about a medication or she's not confident about their opinion, how can they direct their provider to the Periscope Project? That's tricky. It's absolutely <laughs> tricky. And in that case, it, it actually may be so that the patient may be more comfortable in, in transferring to a, a doc who seems to have more information or knowledge about it. Because even if um, that provider or that patient, excuse me, says, hey, I heard about the Periscope Project, and I know that's a resource for doctors to learn more about psychiatric medications and psychiatric treatment in, in women who are pregnant. Is that something that you've heard about, or is that something you'd be willing to reach out to? Regardless if that trust for the patient is lost, it may be hard to to mend, truth be told. And so organizations like MMHI can help patients connect with um, primary care physicians and OBGYNs who they have vetted and um, are confident in treating these kinds of disorders as well. Yeah, and I think um, if we all know that we're all in this together, right, and that not one uh, doctor or not one nonprofit has all the answers, right? And knowing that there are so many resources that can come together to provide the maximum uh, support or solution to whatever challenge you're facing, I think that's important to understand. Anybody going into a situation knowing that, you know, there are a number of people, organizations that can help me, you know, let's bring them all together to provide the best possible solution. Uh, what changes have you seen? since you started the Periscope Project? So I would I would say in the last six years or so, I've definitely seen an increase in screening initiatives. Um, our national organizations have mandated or are required screening again of a pregnant or postpartum woman at least once. I argue at least once is not enough. And so I do see that more and more healthcare organizations are screening women for mood and anxiety disorders uh, more frequently throughout their, their pregnancy. So that's a win because we're not going to know and we're not going to uh, know without asking. And it's not enough just to ask a mom hey, you're doing okay, right? That, that's not good enough. We, we need to have a validated screening tool. So I've certainly have seen an increase in that. And I've seen an increase in women feeling much more comfortable and confident in disclosing these symptoms to their providers. Um, so I do think that as a whole, uh, mental health disorders have less stigma attached to them than they once did. Um, and that includes um, perinatal mood and anxiety disorders as well. So I have seen that change over the last decade or so, um, which are all fantastic, fantastic things to have seen. Um, specifically for the Periscope Project, what, what I've seen is that um, the, we're getting much more complex questions being asked of our service, meaning that the providers who are utilizing us have learned um, because they've used our service in the past, they've attended our educational services, they have looked at our website um, and, and learned more about perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. Their questions aren't nearly as you know, uh, first line or, or simple as they once were. They're much more complex. Um, and in fact, it's not uh, uncommon for me to have to say, ooh, 
this seems like a patient who definitely needs a referral that maybe you as an OBGYN shouldn't be managing. They're like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and I will happily help you uh, figure out a referral for this patient. Um, but I appreciate that more and more providers are willing to step up and and help to manage these women because it is there is such a uh, shortage of psychiatric care providers in our state. Yeah. I, I'm curious, have you seen... Um, <clears throat> your numbers increase since COVID? I mean, because that could go either way. There are some moms that are like, great, I get to work from home now and I can care for my child at the same time. While there are others that are saying, oh my goodness, this <laughs> this is not a good thing. Um, what have you seen since, since uh, well, post-COVID? Sure. Um, well, we know that COVID in, in the general population definitely increased risks of depression and anxiety, and the same was true for our postpartum women. Um, there were so many unknowns during the COVID era, um, women not being able to have their partners or support people or visitors in the hospital setting and then having limits on visitors in their home because of concerns of, of COVID itself. Um, so we definitely continued to see an increase during COVID as well as post. Um, it's difficult to say how much of that may have been due to COVID because our organization just started in 2017. So we were we were already kind of just on the rise um, at, at baseline. Um, but we're continuing to see growth year by year of, of our service. That's wonderful. Well, if someone listening wants to get more information or support the Periscope Project, what is the best way for them to do that? Yeah. The best way to learn more about our project is, is by going to our website, www.the-periscope-project.org, um, or just by calling our 1-800 number. We'd be happy to send you information as well. Um, at this point, we ha have continued to have year-by-year -year funding, and we are working with our, our state legislators and uh, the governor's office to be able to have support um, from the state to continue to maintain this project um, free of charge for both providers and their patients. Um, so this is a completely free service. So advocacy is great. Go into your legislators and letting them know that you would support um, continued support for this, this program. So, Dr. Wickman, in closing, can you give us that contact information one more time? Absolutely. So the best way to learn more about our project is by uh, looking at our website, www.the-periscope-project.org. And for any healthcare provider or healthcare professional who is caring for a pregnant or postpartum woman struggling with a mental health disorder, do not hesitate to call our 1-800 number, 877-296-9049. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, I want to thank both my guests today, Sarah Bloomquist, co-founder and executive director of Moms Mental Health Initiative, and Dr. Christina Wickman, DO and medical director of the Periscope Project. We appreciate you sharing your mission, your vision, your purpose, your passion for this wonderful tribe called Mothers. Thank you for participating in our interview today and also for sharing your information about a topic that is so important, not only for the mothers, but for the families that they care for as well. So thank you both for being here today. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today, you can reach out to Sarah or Dr. Wickman directly. I'm sure they'd be happy to point you in the right direction for services and support. If you know of a great organization that's doing great work in our community that you think would be a great guest for the show, feel free to email me at jill at ellenbecker.com or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. Join us next Sunday morning at 10. 
from Milwaukee's philanthropic community to learn more about the ways people and organizations are contributing to making our community a healthy, supportive, and caring place to live, work, and play. You can tune into News Talk 1130 on your radio, or you can go to Newstalk1130.com on your computer, or you can listen on your cell phone via the iHeartRadio app. I encourage you to visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to previously aired shows, or now you can listen as well on demand, which means Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. So if you have an internet connection, you can listen anywhere. My call to action today is to give some thought to how you can make a difference in some way for someone in our community. Our guests today have shared many ways that you can make a difference for a mom and for her family and have a significant impact, whether that's by donating, volunteering, advocating, or simply sharing information about their respective organizations. I'm sure anything you do would be appreciated. So take time to find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Thanks for listening today. Have a great day.